Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. Shop amazing specials now while supplies last at Macy's Gifts You'll Love to Give sale. Like great deals on coats for him and her from Calvin Klein, Ann Klein, and more top designers. Just $100 and under. Save big on handbags and wallets, now 40% off. And create a cozy retreat at home with 70% off warm throws and flannel bedding from Martha Stewart Collection. Now through Thursday at Macy's. Plus, get $10 in Macy's money for every $50 spent. Up to $40 Macy's money. your brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mintz, and I am here with Mike Whitmire, CEO and founder of Flowcast. Mike, thank you for being here with yeah, us. Yeah, thank you for having me, Laurel. Appreciate so it. So tell us what Flowcast is. It's a little different than any of the other people we've had and on the podcast so far, but like I said to you before, I think what you do is so important and valuable. So give us yeah, the breakdown. You, you have a lot of very cool guests on here. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not in that, in that world, so super unsexy product. But He's cool on this side of the, of the audio, just FYI, guys. Yeah, t-shirts, baseball caps, all that good stuff. But uh, no, so my background's in accounting, which was the inspiration for my unsexy company. Um, Just briefly what we do, we build something called close management software. And our goal is to help accountants collaborate around the close. The close, for those of you who don't know, it's the beginning of the financial reporting process. So as entrepreneurs, you want your financial statements so you know what's going on. The close is the beginning of that entire process. So it's it's unsexy, it's nerdy, but it's very, very important for so a business. Critical. Yeah, and uh, the reason I had the idea was I'm, I'm a CPA, I was an auditor first, I did that for about three and a half years. I moved over to a pre-IPO software company mm-hmm. where we just blew up in the accounting department and I saw the team go from, I was number five to about 50, wow. and we had all these growing pains and I just had that classic like, oh, there must be a better way to do this moment. And that So was... you built the better mousetrap. Exactly, yeah. Well, the old mousetrap was Excel and status update meetings, oh, so, so I, repl- I replaced so that. Bad. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so bad. Um, you know, I was a lawyer before I started the agency, so oh, okay. I too came from a really boring background and decided that there was a better way to build that mousetrap. Um, what was that moment? Like, was there an actual moment that you had that aha, or was it just like over the time of being at that company and like wanting to pull your hair out? Well, so I just, I kind of always knew it was annoying, but I, I feel like every other accountant, I didn't think that there's a way to solve it. The, the really, the moment that really did it for me was we had acquired a small company mm-hmm. and I did everything for the acquisition from an accounting perspective. Like I folded their operations in and was doing everything. And they started asking me all these questions like, hey, we're trying to review the work. Where is it saved? How did you do this? And I'm like, guys, I did it the exact same way we do headquarters. Like, why is this so? And I just realized, oh, it's because there's not like a central tool for this. You just mm-hmm. kind of have to interpret it, like read each other's minds to understand how it's working. That's fun when it comes to numbers. That yeah. works really well. It's really, <laughs> it's really complicated. And then I had the thought of like, okay, why isn't there a tool where we centralize all this stuff? And then it actually brought me back to my audit days mm-hmm. when we had something like that to help us manage the audits. 
So the idea was like, okay, maybe I can kind of steal that concept from the audit world, apply it to corporate accounting, mm -hmm. which is very different. And so that's sort of what I did is I like hacked an audit program, built it for accounting, accountants specifically, wow. uh, once I had that epiphany. So you yeah. didn't build it from the ground up code app? You built no, it we, from another system? Oh no, we built it from the, from the ground up. It was, I was more inspired by the idea of the software we used, but the okay. software itself was terrible. And the, <laughs> I like the software was horrible in the audit world, but just the overall idea of, we collaborate, we document our processes, we can work together through this stuff, we uh, automate boring process. work. It's so critical yeah. though, and when I talk about early days of the agency, one of the things that people always ask me is, you know, at what point did you have the like, kind of that hockey stick growth? And I always tell them that it, it was that moment that I put my big girl panties on and decided to look at my numbers really closely and started reading my numbers like a diary of the business. Yeah. It is so critical, and I know, again, that it's not a sexy topic, but actually money's pretty fucking sexy when <laughs> it's you very, think about it, right? It's very important, yeah. So give us some of the best tips and tricks and things that, that entrepreneurs, as they're starting new businesses, because I know you work with a lot of established brands, but a lot of startups also, yeah. mm -hmm. what are some of the best practices that you kind of implement along this way because you're very process-driven? The Okay, so the one that has been just business changing for us that a lot of people are afraid to do is billing annually up front. So in the, in the software world, I like it, that from a cash right? flow perspective. So, yeah, exactly. yeah. so it's, it's another form of funding, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you look at a lot of companies, if I sign a company for $40,000, it's way different to get 40 K this month than it is to get 3,500 mm -hmm. bucks over 12 months. Yeah. So we were able to use that to fuel our growth which meant we could grow faster ahead of our next round of fundraising. So that's a way to kind of minimize dilution along the way. Interesting. And applicable for most most brands. Really. Applicable for most brands. Like, you know, even, um, so kind of conversely, if you're in the consumer space, you always want to push for monthly billing terms. Right. You don't want the cash <laughs> to go out. Meanwhile, you know, if you still, net, yeah, net 180. Yeah, like as much, but then meanwhile, you want to push for as much collection as possible. And in the software world, I think one of the problems or maybe not just software, just broadly, people are afraid to ask for it. Mm. Like I remember when I, I came from a world Is at, that why you're married? Because you asked for it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely asked for it's it. It's all like dating, um, though. Business is a lot like dating. It is. I know? found fundraising. Well, I don't have a lot of dating experience. I've been with my wife for eight, 18 years at this oh, point, I for real. That. So, like, I really don't Cute. have a ton of experience. Um, but I found the VC world is what I imagined dating to be like. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was a fun, interesting experience. <laughs> yeah. But on the upfront billing, like, salespeople are just scared to ask for it. Mm -hmm. So, I just had to have this nope, we're doing upfront billing. I do not accept monthly billing. And that forced them to ask the question, and they were shocked when it was not a problem for anyone. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. You have to ask. You, you was it was it Kobe that said like you miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take? Wayne Gretzky, right? I think a Wayne lot, Gretzky, a lot of other people. Someone that in sports. Yeah. Someone in sports said that. I don't know. Um, you know, we actually re recently changed our model similarly. We don't do an annual, but we do a fifty percent mobilization fee because of that very reason. We were having all these like you know, billing issues in terms of um, making sure that we were getting what we needed to, to, like, to deploy for the client, and then you end up going back and forth, and it takes so much time from your billing team, and it ends up costing you a lot more money in the long run. Yeah, it's just a headache, too. You, totally. The, the administrative burden is how I code that. Burden. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, so how old is the company? We So I left my job at the very end of 2012 okay. to start working on it. Met my co-founder like the next month. Mm -hmm. uh, we worked for about seven months on it, and we formally incorporated in July 2013. Wow, so pretty new. Yeah, but so it, you guys have grown exponentially. Yeah, and we actually spent a lot of time on product. So we built one version of our product, completely scrapped it, built a second version of it. That whole process took us about 18 months, 
And so we actually started selling in 2015. Like January 1st, 2015 was when we started really selling our product. And um, who is your main target? Yeah. Like of all our listeners, who needs you besides everyone? We look at, so the like the best way to think about it is how big is your accounting department, mm-hmm. and, which is really hard to say, you know, oh, if you're 500 million of revenue, you're a good fit. Because some companies at 500 million revenue can do it with five accountants. Some companies like right. mine that have under 50 million of revenue, I have five accounts as well. So mm-hmm. it varies. So that's why I like to say accounting department, if you have four or five people, that's when the need starts to present itself. Um, and we target, when we go to market, we target based on employee count of the organization. Mm-hmm. So we found 200 employees is kind of the low end of that range. We found that's a good proxy for, you have about five people in accounting at that point. So you're, but you're national in scale or do you do international clients as well? We do international as well. We, we sell domestically, but we've had inbound interest from like London. Oddly enough, we have a partner in South America who reached out to us. So we have like 15 clients in South America. We have a guy who does setups in Spanish. It's like really, really cool. He sits out front of my office. It's cool to hear him doing the setups and like <laughs> reconciliations and stuff like that. Um, and so, no, it's been, it's mostly domestic, but almost half of our clients have subsidiaries that are international. Yeah. So there are people all, all over the world using our software. So most of your clients are on the enterprise side or middle, upper middle market? I call, it mid, I call it mid-market, but we've done really well with fast growing companies. So like some kind of nerdy SaaS brands out Mm -hmm. there. Uh, Twilio is a company that scaled Mm -hmm. on us. Anaplan is another one. Do you know Zoom Communications? Of course. So Zoom is a client of ours. Um, uh, We do a lot of um, tech SaaS, so Facebook, um, Zendesk, Sprinkler, and all our clients. Yeah, Yeah. so we got like a lot of those SaaS companies you can name. And then cool cool logos like Grubhub is one of my favorite stories. We have a lot of sports franchises as well. We try to make a run through the the sport, the different leagues. So Lakers are a client. It's one of my favorite, uh, favorite clients that we have. Yeah, the perks on that one. <laughs> I get no perks. They pay us, so I get no perks. No perks. It, it actually, it started with the Warriors. That was the first one we signed. Mm-hmm. And we got the Warriors, then we got the Lakers, we got the Celtics. So we have like three of the kind of marquee franchises. And <laughs> That's yeah, very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a little bit about marketing because I was on your site and tooling around and you guys do a lot of um, video content. Yeah. Was that your impetus? Like whose initiative was that? We've... Uh, Kind of always done. It's more of a, well, we hired a CMO about two and a half years ago. And one of the things we did was just our customers love us. Like they love us so much. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, what's the most we can do to kind of present that emotion for everyone? So we started with the pictures and the quote cards. And then we were like, "Ah, we, you know, we have a, we have a production guy on staff. You can film all this stuff and edit it and put it out. So we would just take a camera to our user conference or to different conferences that we went to, and we'd sit down with clients, have them rave about stuff, so and then smart. just put it out. So those seemed to be way more effective. And then I kind of realized how good that was. And about nine months ago, I was like, all right, let's double down on this and start doing a lot, of, a lot of video content. It's absolutely critical. And what most brands don't realize is that YouTube is actually the second largest search engine in the world. So if you're going to be doing marketing and you're doing blogs anyways, you need to be doing vlogs Mm -hmm. and then translating it into written content so that you're tapping into both Google, playing nice with the infinite wisdom that is Google and YouTube as well. So I've never seen a company in your space do it as well as you guys are doing it. So props to that. Thank you. I appreciate that. We're, yeah, we're like very much, it's been awesome. I appreciate that. It's a personal kind of initiative of mine. So that's great. I definitely (laughs) noticed it as a marketing agency. So we're going to take a quick break from our sponsor. When we come back, we're going to talk about um, a little bit more of your your journey and what's what you're building next for the brand. So stay tuned. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep, 
That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. Shop amazing specials now while supplies last at Macy's Gifts You'll Love to Give sale. Like great deals on coats for him and her from Calvin Klein, Ann Klein, and more top designers. Just $100 and under. Save big on handbags and wallets, now 40% off. And create a cozy retreat at home with 70% off warm throws and flannel bedding from Martha Stewart Collection. Now through Thursday at Macy's. Plus, get $10 in Macy's money for every $50 spent. Up to $40 Macy's money. All right, guys, thanks for sticking with us. I am here sitting with Mike Whitmire, CEO and founder of Flowcast. Um, and Flowcast is really just evolving the entire accounting process. Is that how you would describe it? Like, what, uh, is your, what is your elevator pitch? Yeah, well, so it's changing because our product evolves and it's, it's doing more and more. But I mean, within accounting, the close, it, what's most important is it getting done quickly and it being correct. Mm-hmm. So we bill ourselves as the fastest, most accurate way to close your books. That's it. Cool. Very, very simple like messaging. It. And yeah, my I only care about my messaging resonating with accounting. With accounts, right? Which is <laughs> well, like you know a, who your target yeah, audience is. Like, I remember yeah. VCs, we'd be going through this this pitch thing and they're like, Oh, I don't know what that means. And I'm like, guys, like, I don't care I don't if you know shit. what yeah, yeah really. I so I always say that about marketing. I'm like, I don't give a shit what you feel. What I care about are the results. And it's the same thing on what you do for sure. Yeah. Now where did the name Flowcast come from? Because I'm not sure <laughs> like I even get the yeah. I get flow, like you want you money to flow, like I was kind of thinking through it that way, but I don't really understand. Like to me, that was like, oh, it must be a production company or yeah, something it's, technology. It's weird. You know? There's like not a good story behind this. Oh so man! We, so I'm, I'm saying it for nothing. I'm not good at naming, <laughs> I'm not good at naming things, but the the way it went down was we uh, applied for a startup accelerator down in Venice called mm-hmm. Amplify LA. Sure. Uh, we were going by a different name, and they were like, "This name's terrible. We need to come up with something new before we let you into the accelerator." So I was like, "Okay, I'm I, I'm not married to this name. That's totally fine with me." So they have this philosophy that like the best name, the best tech names are two one syllable words mashed together. Mm-hmm. And so what we did Dog was- Dog names too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, so that was, so what we did was they're like, okay, the first one should be kind of like cool sounding and the other one should be kind of businessy sounding. So we literally on a oh whiteboard- God. I'm rolling my eyes here, guys. No, I know. It's, <laughs> it's fair. So we wrote all these on a whiteboard. They put them through this program they had developed and it spit out all the different options that could come out of that. So your name came from an algorithm. An algorithm. So we just started scrolling down. I'm like, I like the sound of Flowcast. And then it was like spelled normal. That domain was taken. So we changed the spelling to this to stupid the cool with a Q. With yeah. a stupid Q. <laughs> uh, but now my story is, okay, we help with workflow. We're predicting a lot of your workflow, so we're actually forecasting your workflow, so that's why Flowcast comes in. That's okay. all been made up over the last that's two like years. That's like the new backstory <laughs> that you're faking, but we'll yeah, let it slide. I'm trying to get there, but I told you the real story. That's so funny. And so are you from L.A.? Where are you from originally? Yeah, I'm, I'm born and raised in L.A. Here. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. L.A., locals. Love it, very few. And I actually live a mile from here for, no. uh, for 10 years. Yeah, I was over at uh, Ventura and Vineland. And oh, my gosh, so funny. Look, yeah, I love, I love this area. area. It's mm-hmm. so great. Um, so I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about your entrepreneurial journey. Like, we're very clear on what you do. We're very clear on the value proposition for the brands that you work with. Um, at what point, or maybe, because whenever people ask me this question, like, when do you feel like you've been successful? I'm like, any day now. <laughs> do you feel like you <laughs> have hit really a stride yeah. in building this brand? Because you guys are, are 
pretty global in scale. You're scaling up very quickly. Um, do you feel like you've hit your success yet? No, no I, I actually, one of the things I tell investors is like, when I look at our company, I think the biggest opportunity we have is in awareness. Mm. There's no, our, our space is fascinating. So with what we do, we have one main big competitor. They're a public company. But that said, there's only 2% saturation in our space. Totally. And when we survey the market, only 20% of accountants know this software is a thing that exists. Yep. So it's like, okay, there's a lot of opportunity out there. And I've actually, with our latest round of funding, um, have made some hires and I'm trying to kind of detach myself from operations to focus the most on brand. I love Which is that. why the content's been yes. coming up. Because I'm like, all right, if we can nail this branding yeah. thing and become known within the accounting community, that's the biggest opportunity for us. Because we have a great product, it's a need, we just kind of get out there and it's hard with accounts. You need to do it a little bit. really hard. Well, accountants are a totally different breed. Like, we've actually worked quite extensively in that market. Okay. I think because of my legal background, they tend to be like, oh, I think we can trust you. Yeah, you're, you understand that model. Um, I can speak their language. And we've seen an influx in terms of those kinds of clients coming to us. So they are aware that they need to make changes, evolutionary changes in yeah. terms of how they exist in the world. Because the truth is, is that their current clients are old white dudes that are freaking died off, right? And their new clients are these really cool hip companies that are run by these young people and they don't know how to talk to them. Yeah, so I guess I the question is, like, where do you fit in that model? Are you overtaking those firms? Are you looking to oust them? Are you looking to partner with them? Where's the model going? So I look at it like from a, from a brand and awareness perspective. Um, it's the type of content you're producing and just like the general vibe you're putting out there. Mm -hmm. And in the SaaS world at large, when I look at just software as a service companies, it's like older school stuff. It's sort of boring. It's really professional. It's really buttoned up. And People think that's how accountants want to be marketed to. Totally. But when you go to conferences, like over the last five years, I've literally met 2,000 accountants. Like it's, you know, I've met all these people on the, the, the conference circuit and they're just not like that. Yeah. And so we try to appeal to that and I found just like the less formal you are, the more you kind of poke fun at yourself, the more sarcastic you are about the space and you just kind of keep it real. Mm -hmm. That's what they're more interested in. So like, for example, one of the things we're doing is looking at, um, we're doing an interview series where it's, I talked to CFOs about how they came from the accounting ranks and became a CFO. Mm -hmm. That was met with a lot of resistance when I proposed that idea. Internally at your company. Internally. And I was like, well, I'm going to do it. So it was a lot of resistance. because <laughs> like, it's, it's my company. I'm doing yeah, it. Yeah. So, so I just ended up doing it. Um, and I think it's working out well. But it's like that content appeals to people because it's their what accountants care about is making money in their career and moving up. They didn't get into accounting because they love debits and credits or tax returns. <laughs> it's for job security, right? I thought it was because they liked calculators. Yeah, no, no, it's not. It's job so security. Much. And so I was like, well, let's try to appeal to their actual desire, which is to make the most money possible, not be the best person at booking debits and credits. And like, sure enough, that has resonated more with the market. Oh, 100%. Than, than I could have told you that. Yeah, no, and that's why we do the podcast. It's a great business development tool. Yeah, no, at the end of the day, exactly, you want to give it. people a platform. You want to showcase your you know, expertise and have a really honest conversation yeah. and be human. At the yeah. end of the day, people buy from people, even when it's a SaaS product. That's the, yeah, like the, the relationships I have with our strongest champions, they're so informal. It, it, it's really, people don't like in the accounting world, it's not as professional as you think. So I'm kind of going <laughs> that, I'm kind of going that direction with our content. It's like, let's actually appeal to how people really are. And they're, they're pretty, 
pretty similar in more people. Percent. We yeah. all have the same pains. We all have the same pleasures. Well, not all, but... Um, we but think the same stuff's funny. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, anyway. Although I really love people falling down and hurting themselves, and my husband thinks I'm a freaking weirdo for that. It's like, I think it's like, I'm just really into slapstick, because this is what I grew up yeah. with. And he's like, you're an evil human. See, toddler, toddlers falling off tricycles. Oh my God, love it so much. <laughs> okay. Toddlers, animals, anyone falling down. But we're getting <laughs> off topic. Um, so you have fundraised for this company. Yeah, yeah. Was that something that you knew you were going to do from the very beginning? Or was this something like you were like, oh, shit, we're running out of money. We need to do this. Like, this was all planned. Yeah, this was all planned. So I've always I've always wanted to start my own company, like, since I was a kid. And uh, I, I was a classic. I just did little side hustles. Mm-hmm. And, like, my first business, believe it or not, was selling rats to pet stores. I know it's very weird. It just it organically <laughs> happened, I swear. I feel like there's a swag uh, item somewhere in there for your brand. It's like a strange <laughs> it's a strange thing, but I just kinda had little money making schemes all the you know, through middle school, high school, college, all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I always want to start my own company because both of my parents are entrepreneurs. My mom uh, runs a she has a small bookkeeping firm with her sister and then my dad's a tax attorney who's an author. Oh my god, so your family like, dinners. <laughs> yeah, so they're super nerdy. It's like pretty complex tax stuff. So uh, but I knew I wanted to start my own company because they had done that uh, but at the same time I wanted to get some like real world experience mm-hmm. so I that's why I majored in accounting you know it's business school accounting was something I was like eh, this is a learned skill it's not just like I feel like entrepreneurship is natural you, mm. you kind of you got it or you don't totally so majoring in that seems silly to me accounting is an actual expertise and can same apply I went to, to law business school. yeah no one can go. ever Boom. take that away from you you always have something you can fall back on if you fuck anything up exactly you know? and, and that's <laughs> and having a cpa i have to tell you gave me so much confidence to quit my job and start because mm-hmm. i'm like i can go get a job tomorrow if this doesn't work i can get a job a week later i don't care same people always yeah. ask me they're like isn't being an entrepreneur so scary you don't have any job security and i'm like what do you mean I don't have job security? I'm the only person that can fire me. How much more secure can that yeah. be? Or like worst case scenario, let's say I couldn't raise money and this thing flames out. It literally is like, yeah, I don't have job security if I didn't have any education or any career that I could fall back on. Mm-hmm. But I could go to any company and be like, hey, my name's Mike. I did seven years, three and a half of audit, three and a half at a pre-IPO company. I helped take mm-hmm. them public. Can Hi. I be an accounting manager? <laughs> and yeah, I could be an accounting manager and make totally. 110 grand a year like tomorrow. But I, that gives me the confidence to take a shot at making it bigger. So it's sort of an interesting dynamic. Yeah, like job security actually allows you to be more entrepreneurial in some regards. I totally believe in that. Yeah. We're going to take another break from our sponsor. And when we come back, I really want to dig in on the VC route that you took and some best practices in fundraising. Stay tuned. All right, guys, thanks for sticking with us. I am here with Mike Whitmire, CEO and founder of Flowcast. Uh, we know it's not a sexy topic, but I actually think it is one of the most critical components of building a business. Is getting- Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now, you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. 
Shop amazing specials now while supplies last at Macy's Gifts You'll Love to Give sale. Like great deals on coats for him and her from Calvin Klein, Ann Klein, and more top designers. Just $100 and under. Save big on handbags and wallets, now 40% off. And create a cozy retreat at home with 70% off warm throws and flannel bedding from Martha Stewart Collection. Now through Thursday at Macy's. Plus, get $10 in Macy's money for every $50 spent. Up to $40 Macy's money. Your numbers right. And the way that you do it is so seamless and integrated. I love your website. I love the brand you guys are building. And you have so much great energy behind what you're doing, which is so rare for this field. We were just talking before the break about the fundraising route that you've taken. And you said you always knew that you were going to fundraise. So take me through that journey and some of the like pitfalls along the way or something that you wish someone had told you. Because yeah. a lot of people listening are fundraising currently and wanting to tear their hair out, I'm sure. No, it's totally fair. <laughs> and I, I, I felt the same way. So when I started the company, like ever since in high school, I started trading stock and it was the tech boom and all that stuff. So I saw these companies going public and that was what I wanted to do was start a company and take it public. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in founding Flowcast, my logic was the, uh, if I take on venture capital, it will greatly improve my odds at building a public company. Um, and to me, it's more about, um, it's about the outcome, not how much money I'm gonna make off it. I, I know that sounds weird, but if I achieve an outcome of an IPO, like plenty of money is gonna fall out of the bottom of that is, is how I think about mm-hmm. it. So I'm more comfortable giving away equity to help me build a big business and then the plan is to take that money I make off this business, roll it into the next one, own 100% of the next one, and then that's how you really do it. It's so, a great model because I yeah. think most people are so, I don't know if it's ego-driven or if it's fear-based, but they don't want to give away equity and they totally overvalue their companies, which is why they fall yeah. flat half the time. And, and the other thing that people don't appreciate is... I, so we've raised $93 million so far oh, today. Yeah. Thank you. Second <laughs> high five of the day. So we, we just closed 40, so that's kind yes. of that's a newer thing for us. Amazing. But, um, and I didn't even know this going into it. I didn't realize this was going to happen. But I get to hire incredible people around me and bring great people onto my board. So the amount I've learned has been amazing. Like Just yesterday, I had someone ask me about what I think of an MBA program. And I was like, you know, I had that thought early on and it was, I could go one. For you? Just like in general, just broadly. How how do you, or it was, do you think, we did an entrepreneurial workshop at my company yesterday and that was one of the questions is, do you think an MBA would help out with this stuff? And I was like, well, you can spend money and go get an MBA and then go back out and get an executive job. Or if you want to be an entrepreneur, take a shot at it. If you make it happen and raise some money, like people are going to pay you to learn more than you ever would have learned in an MBA program. And I feel like over the last seven years, I have learned so much. The MBA of life. Although I do have an MBA in marketing, but it was, I really did that. I went that route. I did the JD MBA because I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. Yeah. So I was like, I'm great at school. I'm going to stay here. Yeah. And if, (laughs) and if you, yeah. (laughs) And if like you want to be an entrepreneur, you know, like. Yeah. get after it just go just kind of go do it totally. um and so that so anyway that was my mindset so i wanted to raise money to to go big with it and yeah it was like early on in la you think about the type of investors here mm-hmm. you know you're really early so it's mostly angel investors and we got really lucky with amplify la they understood the pain the problem that we were solving and took a risk on us and gave, gave us well, 50 grand i mean Let's be honest, like what you what you're building or what you were building at that time was infinitely scalable and that's probably what they yeah. saw. Well, so I'm very glad they saw that. They yeah. saw the market opportunity. Um, cause then they let us in the program and what Amplify was 
best at. They're incredible at this. Their investor network is insane. So mm -hmm. in the LA area, they know like every major angel investor, all the seed funds and all the kind of like series A funds. Mm -hmm. And who was the best fit for your particular company? And who's the best company? fit? So mm -hmm. they introduced me to all of them. I got no's from 98 of them. And that's a great lesson. I mean, I it, think that you have to be so persistent. It only takes one yes. It's my mom always told me about dating. It only takes one, Laurel. And yeah. I my husband and you know. <laughs> there you but it's go. the same thing. It's it's like dating. Yeah. 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 And we and we we got to the bottom of the barrel. It was the ninety ninth guy who asked for the introduction to me. I I went down. Oh, you know, it was an inbound. Uh, yeah, well he so the way it went down was a guy by the name of Rob Meinhart. He was a partner at a fund called Toba Capital and he reached out to Amplify and was like, hey, send me all your companies. I want to talk with them. He looked through all the companies, and he's a he's a B2B software guy. Mm -hmm. So we were the only ones that he wanted to talk with, actually. Nice. So I was like, okay, this is good. Uh, <laughs> and I just worked it. It was a you know like a six-week process with him just to get to know him, to get to the yeah. point where he would introduce me to the head of the fund to have the like final pitch. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the big challenges I had was explaining the problem to people who don't come from this world. Mm -hmm. And in LA, a lot of the angel investors are people who made a ton of money in entertainment. Right. And they're like, what accounting? What are you talking about? Yeah, and not sexy, not interested. Yeah. And then they look at me as an accountant and they're like, how many entrepreneurs are accountants? Mm -hmm. You know, they're mostly salespeople or product people mm -hmm. or have that kind of background, not accounting. So there's just this like stereotype was being applied to me of, or can, can this guy really make it happen? Hmm. Um, That's so interesting because you have yeah. such a background in that world. World, usually those are the jockeys that you want to bet on yeah it's like, interesting you have that experience think, but if you go back if you go back six or seven years I was not nearly as good at sales I was mm -hmm. not as good at presenting I was more nervous you know there was, and that means a lot in the funding cycle sure. If I had taken a shot at tequila before you went in, yeah. If I, had, I if, did. if I had like some more irrational confidence up front, <laughs> it would it would have been good. But uh, like most of these people raising money for a company that they're valuing at hundred million that hasn't even made a dime. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to get a term sheet. I'm like trying to get anyone to give me money, and uh, and I'm showing up. One of the dumbest things I did. It's I, I don't I still don't know if it was a good idea or not. But I wore suits to everything. Oh early my gosh. On, okay. Which in the angel seed round is like, you know, who is this? Yeah. Who's this guy wearing a suit right now? Um, but I think Amplify and Toba Capital, who ended up, they ended up giving us a, a million dollars. Um, I think they were both like, well, we appreciate the guys overprepared. Hmm. So we'll go that route. So dress for success. Yeah, That's you, the takeaway. I huh? guess. But then what happened is as we, as we scaled up as a company and the success of the business started to speak for itself, mm -hmm. I reduced my wardrobe bar. Yeah, so, so Mark Zuckerberg method. So like all of a sudden, yeah, I wear jeans. I, I put on, you know, I don't look like a bum at these meetings, but I'm not putting on a suit anymore. And it's just like, it is a weird optics thing. There's like a totally power optics. dynamic that goes into it all. And it's a, it's a game. It's a stupid game at it that, is, at it's that point. It's all a game. Yeah. Life is a game. You yeah. just hope that you come out a winner on the end, but no one gets out alive, so, yeah. you know. But I've, I, found, <laughs> I found with fundraising, it's very polarizing. It's either like you're begging for money or people are begging to give you money and yeah. there's not much of a middle ground interesting in so you would say accelerators are a really good starting point depends on the accelerator mm -hmm, I, sure. I, I highly recommend amplify and I think what makes amplify different is they don't have a set structure mm -hmm. so you, we were there for five months we were one of the bum companies that was there for way too long because <laughs> we, we just like couldn't get the, the funding done mm -hmm. so we're hanging out there for five months a lot of accelerators would have kicked us out two months before that um, but them allowing us to hang on is how we got that funding done and that's why we exist as a company today. And then they're not prescriptive about stuff. Like they're, they're available but not telling you what to do, which is exactly what I love in investors is like, don't tell me, give me money, don't tell me what to do, but be available to help me if I need right. it. And they 
play that line perfectly. Yeah, with everyone that we talk to who's in your seat, who has fundraised, one of the biggest takeaways is always that not all money is made equal, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of really expensive money and really bad money out there too. So I think that's an important takeaway for our listeners. It's really like you should be interviewing the VC totally. as much as, yeah. And yeah, it's dating. You have to like be, be too, super into them just like they're super into you the right way. Yep. Yeah. And watch out. It's kind of a side note, but for our B our Series B was really competitive and we had a couple options. And I remember two guys coming into my office and pitching me some stuff that the terms of the round would have been very selfishly beneficial for me, mm. but have hurt the, would have hurt the rest of the company. Mm. And it was really interesting the way they positioned it because you know they were kind of thinking like, oh, he'll want to work with us because we're hooking him up. I'm sitting there, I'm like, wow, these guys are sketchy. Like, Ooh, if yeah. they're sketchy right now, what are they going to be like in board meetings? Interesting. You know, so it was this really fascinating thing where it's like, I mean, it was, you know, like a million dollar conversation and I ultimately had to be like, no, nah, you're not the guys I want to yeah, work thanks, with. No, thanks. Yeah. And so I think we ended up making the right move, but th- there are little things like that that you should really look out for mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, just be on alert with. I think it. that's about being value aligned. Value aligned and just ethical. Like you really want to work oh, with ethical PCs totally. and it's really one of the things that I've learned is I used to have this concept of like, oh, VCs are just trying to screw you over. They want to get every percent of equity. They're going to try to throw you out of the company and all that kind of stuff. I'm realizing VC is such a relationship and reputation-driven game. That's life. It's so, I didn't even know, like, it's amazing how much power I now have as an entrepreneur because when someone's considering taking money from Insight Ventures or Polaris or Norwest, my investors, I get calls from those CEOs to do diligence about the firm. Totally. So now it's in the if it's in the firm's best interest to treat me well, as long as we're doing well as a company, there's no reason to make any changes. They're there to support. So it's actually like really, really worked out well. I mean, things are going well. You know, who knows if things go sideways (laughs) or go down. But like, (laughs) I've really enjoyed working with VCs. I think they've added a lot of value. I've given away equity in the company, but my net worth is substantially higher than it was when I started the business. So that's that's what I always have to tell my founder is. Because he get, every time we raise money, he gets pissed. In my CTO, he's like, don't dilute me. Oh, don't me. I'm, like, I'm like, dude, just multiply your shares by the new per share price and tell me you're upset with that. Right. And every time he does that, he's like, oh, okay, right. okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. You should go into him with like a bottle of scotch next time before you say that. I really, it's like um, so funny. So. so we only have a few minutes left. Oh, we only have like a minute left. Yeah. Um, so before we wrap things up, I want to know, like, how can people help you? We've been talking about things that are helpful to others, like the actual company that you've built is really yeah. to service others. What do you need right now? Uh, customers. <laughs> if we can help close the books, I mean, it's definitely like, like I said, at that team of five, it's a super easy implementation. It's great software. I think one of the things we take much more seriously than other software companies is, so my cheesy line at our all hands meeting is we're a SaaS company. SaaS stands for software as a service. Mm-hmm. This industry has only focused on the software component. Mm. They haven't focused on the service component. 100%. So we put the software and the service into SaaS, is what I say. Oh, my God. And it works. <laughs> it works. We provide next-level service. Customers love us. That's why we have all those videos and all those quote cards and, like, the referrals and everything. So we are the company, you know, if you have a need and you want to work with us, I think you'll really appreciate the implementation and the service and who we work with. Across the board, yeah. a lot of SaaS companies are great at sales, and the follow-up sucks. We're the opposite. So, we're, we're, we're very mediocre at sales, but great at the follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do people get in touch with you? Uh, well, if you want to reach out to me personally, I mean, it's just Mike at Flowcast.com to chat about stuff um, or reach out to our you know company links on the website if you're interested in checking out the product. Cool. 
Um, last question, and I hope that you have an answer for this. We'll see. Okay. Um, it's a question I ask most people, which is, what's your favorite word and why? Favorite word. And it can uh, be just whatever comes to mind. Lately, context. Ooh, okay. I, I've found myself using it a lot, and I've realized one of the things I would do is I would assume people knew too much about what I was already saying, mm -hmm. and I would just launch into what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So in like trying to lead people a little bit more, I've realized what I have to do is take a step back and be like, let me let me just provide the context around this. This is why I'm thinking this, and then present it. And it's like just really focusing on the word context for the last year or so for me has been really effective. Um, and I take it to the extreme, like at our board meetings. Um, if you think about VCs, they're super busy. They have a bunch of board meetings. So I'll literally put up a slide at the beginning of my section called level setting, mm. where I'll just remind them of everything and give them the context of everything I'm about to discuss. I love it. And that has made things so much easier for me. So yeah, putting everything in context, I think for other people makes things much easier. Context matters. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Oh, thank you. Stay tuned for more of Elevate Your Brand coming up next. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. Shop amazing specials now while supplies last at Macy's Gifts You'll Love to Give sale. Like great deals on coats for him and her from Calvin Klein, Ann Klein, and more top designers. Just $100 and under. Save big on handbags and wallets, now 40% off. And create a cozy retreat at home with 70% off warm throws and flannel bedding from Martha Stewart Collection. Now through Thursday at Macy's. Plus, get $10 in Macy's money for every $50 spent. Up to $40 Macy's money. 